1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have some Revs news, we have some acquisitions uh, since we last talked. The Revs making a couple of trades and re-signing one player. And they're also saying goodbye uh, to a long-term member of the team. Uh, I'm Greg Johnstone. Joining me today, Sean Donahue. Sean, how's it going?
0: I'm good. How are you doing?
1: Good. It's been a long time since we've had a Greg and Sean episode Uh, so i'm glad we're able to squeeze this in at the end of the week and kind of catch up on the news that was i know we've been waiting a long time for some revs news so i'm very excited that we are finally able to talk about the additions to this team before we start i just want to give a shout out to our friends at the rebellion go to anyrebellion.org to learn more about their organization and how you can become a member for 2023 season memberships are now on sale Uh, So check that out, anyrebellion.org or at The Rebellion on Twitter. Uh, Sean, let's start out with arguably the biggest move of the week. The Revs trading for Latif Blessing from LAFC. Uh, The Revs are sending $400,000 in 2023 general allocation money to LAFC. There are some additional clauses in this deal. Uh, An additional $300,000 in GAM could be sent if certain incentives are met. Uh, and also, our friend Seth McComer at the Bent Musket is reporting that the revs' previous grievance related to Ismail Tajouri Sharati and his medicals. Um, the revs filed a grievance against LAFC that was dropped as part of this deal. That was another condition. Uh, along with this Latif Blessing trade, uh, and then one more thing too, Latif Blessing, uh, he had a team option extended for uh, tw- the 2023 season. Uh, it's unclear if he is a free agent or if he has another team option in his deal. I did some digging, could not find that that answer, so it's possible this is a one-year rental. Uh, but either way, um, probably a, a shorter-term contract for Latif Blessing. So, Sean, uh, give me your takeaway here from this Latif Blessing trade, and if you like it.
0: Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't find that information either on if it's more than a year. But my, my kind of guess is he signed this multi-year contract back in 2019 that it, it would seem unlikely that there's another option year uh, after this, given kind of the length of the contract. But who knows? Um, when they announced the contract, they said it ran through 2022, so they didn't even announce it was going to be an option year. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I, I do think it's a short-term thing, and the revs need to... Either re-sign him or, or find a you know find a way to move on or whatever. But it seems like a good move to me. I mean, we, we've talked before that the Revolution needs someone um, more options to, to perhaps pair next to Polster or just in front of him. Um, and you know, Latif Blessing started his career as more of a winger, but over the past few seasons, he's been playing as more of a central midfielder. Uh, he has a lot of pace to that position, which is you know not something that the Revs have too much of in the in the center of the field. Um, and it really could be that guy that can kind of connects between Polster and Carly's heel. So I think it's a good move for the Revs, and I think they got him at you know a decent price. Um, I think there was some unhappiness with with LAFC from, from Blessing this season His playing time went down He kind of became the, the fourth man in a three-man midfield Didn't play a minute in the postseason But uh, you know, prior to this year, he's been a really good player for LAFC And a really good player in, in MLS And I think the Revolution got him at kind of a, a, a lower price Because this was kind of a down year for him Where he became more expendable uh, for the Galaxy and wasn't, I mean, for the LAFC And wasn't necessarily as happy with, with his season As he had been in the past there um, and I think some stuff came out about how you know, they, they struggled to get his family over here and get them visas, um, and it sounds like you might have blamed LAFC for that in part. So uh, I do think the Revs got him at maybe a cut rate because of that, and I think he'll be a, a really nice pickup for a Revolution team that you know, wanted more options to play next to Matt Polster, especially if they're going to play that four-two-three-one 2 3 one or 4-5-1. Um, you know, be, be beyond Tommy McNamara, it's good to have you know, a younger option that offers something different.
1: Yeah. And he's 27 years old too. So he's been in the league for a long time. I think a lot of people associate him with, I don't want to say his peak, but he was certainly more of an impactful player in years past. LAFC won the shield in 2019 and 2022. He was more of an impact player on that 2019 team uh, than last year. He played uh, 2,700 minutes in, in 2019, played about 1,300 last year. He was more of a sub. He only started 16 games. After starting 25 games in 2021, 18 games in that shortened 2020 season and then 29 in that 2019 season. So he was already kind of a little bit out of favor with LAFC. I know I saw some writers for LAFC kind of surprised that they extended his contract. Um, but I, I think for LAFC, he was smart to do that because he is a good player. I, I think it's good that they extended him and got something for him as opposed to just letting him walk. Um, it, it seems like he still has a lot of value, even if he didn't necessarily fit in that LAFC team anymore. And and he did request a trade too. So um, I think this is good business from LAFC to get something for a asset that is kind of moving out. And for the revs, I, I think this is a good fit for their eight spot. Um, I do know he played a little bit on the wing. Um, I guess he played a little bit as a 10 uh, for LAFC. Um, I know on extra time, they're questioning whether or not he can play full time as an eight. And this is kind of a role that he doesn't exactly played for long periods of time or, or you know, as a full-time position. Um, but I, I think this is a good acquisition. I think this is what you need as a pairing for Matt Polster. Um, yeah, I'll, and – I look at this price, too, $400,000 in GAM plus 300000 in incentives. The incentives don't scare me off. I mean, if you pay that 300000 that means he's very effective and this is a good trade. Um, that $400,000 does not scare me off. His salary was not that high last year. If you look at his salary, it was $400,000 in salary, uh, 416667 in total compensation. Um, compared to what the Revs did last year, bringing in Sebastian Leggett, which was, I believe, half a million dollars in GAM, and his salary was at over a million dollars. Um, I, I, I don't want to say I see this as a, you know, a, a similar deal because I think there are some differences between Blessing and Leggett as players, but I, I see similar logic here, which is you need a piece uh, in the central midfield that complements Carla's heel. Uh, that is a a nice fit for that central midfield. And um, this just comes at a cheaper price. Both the the trade is cheaper and the salary is cheaper than Legette. So um, this checks a lot of boxes for me, and I I think this is great. And in terms of the drop in the grievous part, I don't personally think the Revs were going to get anything from that. I don't think we'll ever know who was in the right, who was in the wrong. I bet there's a lot of gray area, and it would have been very, very difficult to figure out who was involved, I, I I think it's very hard to prove that there was malice on LAFC's part. And if you can't prove that, I'm not sure what you can get from it. So um, I, I think this is kind of a win for the Revs on the field. I think this is a win for LAFC, uh, on you know, getting rid of an asset that no longer fits their team. And I think this kind of settles that uh, ITS grievance, which to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think we we're ever going to get a um, surefire conclusion one way or the other. So I think this is a win-win-win, as Michael Scott would say.
0: yeah i mean i I think i don't think they were gonna get anything out of the grievance either um i again the revs traded for a player that they knew was injured and you know he at the time said that he expected to be back and what ten to fourteen days or something like that. So unless he was lying too, it's it just I don't know. I, it's hard to imagine they were going to get something out of that and prove what they needed to prove. Um, so I think it, it all makes sense and the revs can move on. It's kind of a, it's kind of a way for both sides to move on uh, comfortably too, where the, the revs can say, hey, you know, we made this trade with them, we got this guy, and you know, we dropped the agreements as part of it, and IFC can you know can can say that it was dropped and didn't admit to anything. So uh, it's kind of it is kind of a win for everybody involved and ability to kind of move on without too much egg on their face on either side.
1: Exactly. Yeah. LAFC doesn't admit to any wrongdoing and the revs um, don't admit that they were wrong in bringing it or that there there was no um, evidence against it. it. It's just kind of a let's just all move on. I, I think that is kind of best for the league and LAFC and the revs. So um, one more. Oh, actually, by the way, uh, ITS also to Jory Sharati news with him, just as a side note, signs with the team in Cyprus for one and a half years. So career is not over. Um, good luck to him playing over in Cyprus. Uh, and I believe the Bent Musket has an article, an exclusive interview with ITS um, about the trade to the Revs uh, and recovering from his injury. It's about a month old, uh, but go check that out at thebentmusket.com. Uh, Sean, one more trade we got to talk about here. Dave Romney. Uh, from Nashville, former Bruce guy, uh, I guess always a Bruce guy. I know the Revs were trying to get him a few seasons ago when the Revs uh, or, or when Bruce Arena took over the Revs. But uh, years later, full circle, Romney finally making his way up to New England. The Revs are sending two hundred fifty thousand dollars in 2023 GAM plus two hundred seventy-five thousand in 2024 GAM. Romney has a contract for 2023 plus a team option for 2024. So this is a uh, two-year controllable asset for the Revs. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Romney trade?
0: And it's a good move. The ref, we, we've talked a lot about the Rev needing a good uh, center back and you know needing someone to compete with Andrew Farrell, and Henry Kessler, and kind of provide that third starting option because we all know that after last year that Omar Gonzalez is not that guy. Um, and of course, John Bell left, so the Revs were even more kind of dire straight. So uh, to go out and get a guy in Romney who's still very much in his prime, um, a guy that's been healthy uh, which is important for the Revs. I can, his shown he can stay on the field. Um, Four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars was his salary last year. So, uh, he's you know pricey, but not too pricey. It's a good price for a guy that you know has the potential to be a starting center back on the Revolution. Um, I think it was a smart move, and I'm very curious to see uh, how Bruce Arena uses him. Um, he is a left-sided center back, which I think is notable because Henry Kessler has also been a left-sided center back for the Revs. Um, so, uh, I, you know, there's been some suggestion that maybe Andrew Farrell becomes more of a rotational piece, but it, it would be more natural for Dave Romney to be competing with Henry Kessler, um, on that left side of the defense. So it's very interesting to see how he uses it, but I, th- I think that there's so many games this season that there'd be plenty of minutes to go around. And as we saw last year, you can't count on Henry Kessler to be healthy and available for you know, 30 plus games. Uh, Andrew Fowle has been an Iron Man for the Reds, but he missed some games last year injured, and he's you know on the wrong side of thirty now, so you can't count on him to be healthy and available for thirty games. So I think there's plenty of minutes for all these guys to go around, but uh, I do think it's notable that he's you know left-footed and left-sided center back.
1: I'm also going to note while we're talking about Kessler, because my my immediate thought is you're looking for a pairing with Kessler. Your Kessler is your younger player. I think he's still got a high ceiling. He was with the United States men's camp. Um, He was on that Gold Cup team uh, last year. Injuries kind of derailed him a little bit this year, but he had a very, very good 2020. He had a good 2021, a bit of a dip last year. But, um, you know, I I still think he is a uh, high ceiling player. So in my mind, you look at between Farrell and Kessler, you assume that Farrell I also think Farrell has some versatility, so maybe you could play him as a utility defender at right back, at left back, um, whereas Kessler is more of a center back. So I'm, I, I kind of think, well, maybe you need another center back and you use Farrell as a rotation guy. Um, but the thing about Kessler, which is interesting, is that I'm not totally sure what his contract status
0: is. Um, I, I think it's got to be up after this year. I'd be surprised because he still has rookie contract. So, I mean, it, it would be surprising to me if he had more than, than this year, given this was an option year, too.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like... Most super draft contracts are four years around there. A lot of people don't complete their four-year contract without an extension um, or, you know, being let go. Um, and, and Kessler had a contract option extended last year. And so I, I usually, too, when you have a contract, a team option, you know, how many team options are attached to his original contract. Um, I do know at one point he moved off the supplemental roster. So he moved from supplemental roster to the senior roster, but we never heard of a new contract. So I'm curious about Henry Kessler's contract, if it's up at the end of this year. Um, And if it is, maybe this is a move that maybe you're you're looking at contract negotiations with Henry Kessler. Um, Even if he's got another year on his contract ending in 2024, I think that has to be in the back of your mind. So the Revs have to make a decision at some point on Henry Kessler, whether or not you extend him, and if you're not extending him and it ends in 2023 or after 2024, do you move him? I think that's a real question you need to have. So um, Romney coming in, and and as you're you're right, Sean, I I think naturally, you you think bringing in a center back, okay, Farrell's getting up there in a year, that's who we're replacing. But when I saw this, my initial thought was, this strikes me as more of a replacement or a, a competitor for Kessler than it is for Farrell. And if you also look at last year, Omar Gonzalez was brought in. That struck me as more of a um, comparable to Kessler than Farrell as well. So um, I'm, I'm a little curious to see where this goes. Um, I, I do think Romney could play over Farrell. um this is all speculation in my mind i I think you could put out a kessler romney pairing and it would work out just fine um but romney is coming in on starter money it's worth noting that too Four hundred seventy-five thousand in salary and compensation i believe that makes him the highest paid defender on the team um and and that's 2022 data by the way that's not 2023 but still you have to imagine that number is either staying the same or going up so um you have to assume romney is going to be starting over one of them and i'm curious to see who it is
0: yeah. I mean, it's a, it's going to be very interesting. And the other thing that's always worth mentioning with Kessler is that he does have that Irish passport. So if his contract is up at the end of next year, I think the longer the revs go without signing him, the more it looks like he might at least want to test his feet in the water about, you know, chances to play in Europe. Because I do think he's probably a guy that sees himself with a shot at making the national team in the future. Um, and if you look at the other options on the national team, I, I think that, you know, going to Europe would be maybe his best case for, for pushing for a spot in the future. So uh, it'd be very interesting to see what happens there, but I do think the the longer we go without seeing Henry Kessler get an extension, the more it's time to start being worried about whether he will be part of the revs in you know twenty twenty four um and so there is some insurance there dave Romney's signed for at least a couple of years there's some insurance there that if you know Kessler goes up, goes away that um you know Romney can play that spot um but at the same time, like I said earlier, Kessler is a young defender, but he also has had his share of injury issues, and it wasn't just last year you know the year before too he had some injuries. Um he you know, despite being young, he doesn't seem to be a guy that again, that you can count on to be healthy for an entire season. So uh, I do think there's a lot of minutes to go around and I think Romney's a clear upgrade over McCoon. I think he's a clear upgrade over Gonzalez, I think he's a clear upgrade over John Bell, who's no longer worth the Revs. Um, so you know, you have three starting caliber center backs now on this revolution team, and that's something that based on what we saw last year with injuries and everything, the Revs desperately needed
1: yes and and it's worth noting too I, i'm trying to find what andrew uh ferrell's contract is um i don't know where when his contract ends either um but Regardless, I, I, I think this kind of solidifies the center back position for the next couple of years, because you have to assume if McCoon does not work out, Omar Gonzalez is probably not going to be here after next year. Um, there, there's a lot of question marks if, if Kessler leaves and Kessler will have interest both in MLS and Europe. I'm, I'm sure of it. So um, the Revs might have a, a bit of an issue there on their hands. Uh, another move here, Sean, uh, Nacho Heal. Nacho Carlos Hill's brother, has re-signed with the team. He was on a one-year trial last season. He's signed with the team a two-year contract through 2024 with a 2025 team option. Sean, what are your thoughts on this uh, move re-signing Nacho Hill?
0: Yeah, I'm only surprised is that it took as long as it did. The Revs protected him in the expansion draft, so they had to know that they were going to try to re-sign him and probably felt confident that they were going to be able to do it. I think both of us had kind of low expectations for Nacho when the Revs originally signed him last year, uh, and he definitely ended up exceeding those expectations, showed a lot of flashes of what he was capable of. Um, you know, you look at this Revolution roster, and if we are assuming that they're going to play a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-5-1, whatever you want to call it... Um, they're still very thin on actually natural ring- wingers. There's Barrero on that roster. Um, Gustavo Bo, who you know, we think there's a good chance will play, play some time on the wing this year. And you know Tommy McNamara, who's not really a winger, but can play on the wing. Um, and then there's you know, some young guys like Noel Buck and, and Esmir that are kind of unproven. So there's, there's not much depth as far as wingers goes in this revolution team. And I think both of our assumption is that the revolution are probably going to play a lot with wingers this year. So uh, there's right now, I mean, there's a chance Nacho could be a starter on this team next year. Um, They certainly needed more options on the wing. So it makes a lot of sense for the revs to bring him in. Obviously no transfer fee involved, free agent, i um, curious to see what his contract is he will I think it was what like a hundred thousand last year something very very small um, I expect that would go up significantly for him to you know signed a, a deal that was more than a couple months um, so that'll be interesting to see what that is but it, it was a no-brainer for the revs to bring him back and my only surprise was that it took as long as it did to get that new contract in, in writing.
1: Yeah, no notes. I think you said it pretty well. I I think we'll learn more about our thoughts and how much we like it when the salary is revealed. Um, I can't imagine that $100,000 is going to be the amount he's signed for. I think that was just kind of a trial, you know, keep him busy. You know, he wasn't doing anything. Rubs needed a a body. Um, Why don't you come in and, and play here for two months type of salary? I mean, it's it's Backups aren't paid a hundred thousand dollars anymore, and MLS I feel starter money is kind of surpassed three hundred thousand, and backup money is high ones, low twos. So um, I, I imagine, if I'm guessing, I'm putting this around two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, as a salary um, And there's some longevity to it Two-year deal um, with a team option So um, I can't imagine This is going to be a blockbuster deal That's going to break the bank uh, But I, I do think it's wise I think the Revs add a winger As you said, there's not a lot of depth there Especially on that right side um, And I think this gives the Revs A little bit of flexibility On how they want to play I, th- I think if you look at the additions um, You know, the Revs have a lineup That could fit the diamond The Revs have a lineup That can now fit the four-two-three-one 2 3 one formation um, You know, if the Revs wanted to go back to that Christmas tree that they played a little bit last year when they were short on bodies um, they, they have the capability of playing that um, it seems like they've gone out and they filled out a, a, a number of different positions and a, they have a number of different ways they can play and they were kind of lacking a true winger um, like especially on that right side so I think Nacho Hill kind of fills that gap and I don't expect him to be a starter but uh, I do expect to see him for some significant minutes because he was pretty impressive in the the minutes we saw from him last year so uh, yeah really good signing good marks for me uh, no complaints there
0: yeah, I, I am very curious to see what his salary is because I kind of have in my head that it's going to be more like a, a four hundred, four hundred fifty thousand dollar contract. But who knows?
1: <laughs> I, see, that's where it's getting a little messy because he is going to take an international roster spot. Um, so I am a little—I don't know—I don't know about that one. But if he's on backup money, I have no complaints. So, no. Uh, one more note here: former, now former Revs keeper Brad Knighton. Uh, announced his retirement this week. I, I don't think this was a total shock to everyone to anyone. Um he he was out of contract. I know he signed a one-year contract after reaching free agency last year with the Revolution. Uh but I think he's just been on the team for so long. It's it's still a bit sad uh and and still I don't know. In, in a way, it's not surprising, but it's surprising to see him finally go. Uh, he will sit, remain with the organization as he is named the academy's U 17s head coach. So, uh, Sean, uh, Brad Knighton, what are your what are your favorite memories from Brad Knighton, and what are your thoughts on his retirement here?
0: I mean, to really, he just, his longevity with this team was incredible. That he played through the Nickel era was part of the Heaps era was part of the Friedel era and uh, made it into the Bruce Arena era. He was always a you know, great backup for the Revolution, a solid keeper to have. Um, and I'm sure his veteran experience proved you know, vital to Matt Turner at times. I'm sure it proved vital to, to Petrovic when he came in. Um, but you know, it, I'm just glad the Revolution have found a way to keep him in the organization. I think that the timing of his retirement made sense. We talked about it before that um, you know he, he at by the end of the season he mostly wasn't the Revs' backup, um, and he was the one kind of backup keeper on the Revs' roster that was taking up a, a senior roster spot, um, and yet seemed to have become third choice for a lot of games. So I, I think the, the timing made sense, uh, but it's just great. The revolution found a way to kind of keep him, um, you know, keep them involved in the organization. And they've done a much better job of that recently of kind of keeping guys that have been around a long time involved in the organization instead of just seeing them part ways, which is, you know, typically what we would see years ago. And when, when, you know, former players didn't stay involved. So uh, again, just the he's been a great servant for the club for so many years and such a good backup for the revolution. Uh, it's, it's nice to see him stay involved.
1: Yeah, and they posted his stats, and Brad Knighton, unsurprisingly, I think, has all the goalkeeper records for most appearances and most wins in the U.S. Open Cup. But I think regular season-wise, they they posted his records and his stats. And I think he played something like 53 regular season games, um, which is a bit shocking because it seems like he's been on this team forever. But he was never really the starter. Um, he, he never had the full-time job. I think he replaced Bobby Shuttleworth for a little bit. Um, towards the end of the Bobby Shuttleworth period. What was that, 2016? I, I remember him starting in that U.S. Open Cup, cup final game against Dallas. Um, but outside of that, there have only been kind of little bubbles Um, where he has been a starter. And I think we talked about in in the five, six years we've been doing this podcast that he could have gone elsewhere and he probably could have started for another team and and been an affordable option and and gone out and got playing time. Uh, But he was just a very, very good servant to the team. Uh, And you need guys like this. You need high character guys that fill out the roster that fill depth um, and I have no doubt that you know you look at the goalkeepers he's backed up Matt Reese, Matt Turner, uh, Georgie Petrovic, um you know he always had quality guys in front of him uh but you still need quality backups and you still need quality depth and um I- I'm sure he also had a hand in you know helping grow Matt Turner uh, and helping grow Georgie Petrovic uh, and and you know being a good person to have uh, in young players ears so um sad to see him go again not surprising but still very sad to see him go and I know he's been on the team forever too. It's still kind of shocking to see that he was a member of the 2007 U S open cup champions, that there's still a person from the U S open cup champion, uh, that was still active in MLS in, in 2022. Uh, he was a member of the inaugural Philadelphia union team. Uh, his career has spanned longer than the Philadelphia union franchise. Um, so, and we talked about this a little bit, uh, with the Jeff LaRona when I interview last year, I think we talked about it a little bit with, um, When Chris Tierney retired, it says a lot about a player that came into the league in MLS 1.0 and lasted 15 years, uh, especially when they weren't a highly touted coming out of college player. You know, Brad Knighton, unsigned out of uh, UNC Wilmington made a 15 year career Uh, that that's really incredible. So kudos to Knighton. And uh, hopefully he has just as much success as the U-17s coach uh, as he was uh, a keeper for the Rebs.
0: It's it's also always nice to see a player kind of going out on their own terms too. You know, there's too many revs legends in the past that have gone out with some sort of recurring injury or something. So it's it's nice that he was able to hang up his boots healthy and and on his own terms.
1: Well, we're going to get into some listener questions, but before we do, we wanted to talk a minute and talk about our sponsor, Galasso Kits. Galasso Kits' mission is to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home with a catalog of jerseys, jackets, scarves, and more from clubs and national teams from over 80 countries in the world. They have United States men's national team merch, women's merch. They have Revs merch. They have merch from your favorite European club that you support from afar. So go check out GalassoKits.com right now, and if you can't find something you like – Go use their mystery kit package selection where you enter in the size and style of jersey you like, and you will get the kit of your dreams you didn't even know you needed. So go check out GalassoKits.com right now for their full selection, and make sure you follow them at GalassoKits on Twitter and GalassoKits on Instagram for updates on their new inventory. And when you find something you like, and you will, use promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off your order. That is promo code REVSRECAP at GalassoKits.com for 15% off your order. Links and codes are in the show notes. Sean, you ready for some listener questions? Let's do it. All right. First, we're going to go to any revs UK. And by the way, Mike, our friend, any revs UK, uh, he's bringing his uh, podcast back this season. Very excited to see him back. I know he had it in 2020, 2021, I believe uh, he released his first episode earlier this week. So go subscribe to the any revs UK podcast on iTunes, I believe Spotify, I believe all the same places you can list us. Uh, it is available. Uh, so shout out to Mike. Uh, for bringing back his podcast. But we also wanted to answer his question here, taking into consideration all of these transactions. How do we see the revs lining up for the first preseason game of the season? I'm going to tweak this to the first regular season game of the, the season, because I feel like preseason game, sometimes it, it's uh, fitness is taken into account. And sometimes you might see uh, a player that is, um, you know, they're trying to evaluate. So maybe Joshua Bulma would start in the first preseason game, but not in the first regular season game. So I'm going I'm to tweak this to the season opener. How do we see the revs lining up?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you did that because I think I think the preseason lineups are kind of a crapshoot, especially with how fast and the games are, without not much time in between them. You never know what the the thought process is to uh, a preseason lineup, like you said. But I think going into the first game, um, obviously no question in goal, it's Petrovic. Um, assuming he's healthy, the the fullbacks, no questions there. Dewan Jones. Um, Brandon Bye, I think that's that's obvious. And there's not there's no backup for Brandon Bye currently, which is uh something to keep an eye on. Um and then the center backs we just talked about. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say I think it's gonna be Andrew Farrell and Dave Romney starting the season as the center back pairing. Um you know, I, again, it wouldn't surprise me if it's any combination of Henry Kessler Farrell and, and Dave Romney, but I, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say it's Farrell and Romney to start the year. Um and then going into midfield, I'm I'm assuming a four, five, one, four, two, three, one, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I, I think the the central midfield, the the defensive midfielder is going to be Polster next to him is going to be Blessing. And then Carle's heel, obviously, you your number 10. Uh, on the wings, I think Barrero starts if he's healthy, which you know, fingers crossed for the Revs that he is. And then I think Gustavo Bo is at least going to start the season on the wing. I don't love him as a winger, and I think by the end of the year he's not going to be starting as a winger. Whether that means the revolution change formations or whether or not Joe Heal or somebody else starts over him, I don't see him as the starting winger for the entire season. But I do think he starts the season there, and then up top uh, it's got to be Giacomo Vrioni if he's healthy. Um, I, I mean, they're they're paying him that that money, and they have high expectations for him up there, so it's got to be him.
1: Now, uh, let's assume Mike actually did mean the first preseason game. Can you give me your lineup for the first preseason game as well, Sean?
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Bulma get a start in that. Um, you know, it's again, like you said, a lot of it is about how people come in fitness wise. Um, you, you might see a much of a younger lineup in that first game as some of the older guys work their way back. I, I don't know. It's I, I think that's my prediction is maybe we'll see like a Bulma and an old Buck instead of some of the the older guys and you know maybe maybe Blessing doesn't go into the lineup right away. Um, but it's it's very hard for me to predict a preseason lineup because I think it's kind of a crapshoot.
1: I will say, because I, I, you can play players on trial, so I wouldn't be shocked if we saw some Victor Souza, uh, Joshua Bulba, uh kind of mixed in with some new newcomers, Nacho Heal um, starting, I, I maybe Ryan Spalding. We'll talk about what the roster looks like in a little bit, but and I, I believe the preseason schedule is out. Is that right, Sean? It, it was released as we were recording.
0: It, it just um, came out. Yep, they're, they're when, starting – They're starting February 2nd uh, against Inter-Miami, and they have five games in Florida between February 2nd and February 18th, Philadelphia, Nashville, Cincinnati, and Orlando, as well as Inter-Miami.
1: So not to say that I'm expecting a player to move in that preseason window, but I wouldn't be shocked because I think there is a lot of players on this team that have roles, and there are a few that I kind of look at. I'm like, I'm not really sure where this person stands. So I think the draft picks... We might see some of them early on. I, I don't know why I'm saying we're going to see them. We're not watching. All these games aren't going to be on streamed again. Um, but I think the team will want to evaluate some of these guys. And you're right, it's a bit of a crapshoot. So I, I, I hate if, if I hate to dodge this question from from uh, Mike um, if he does want to know what the first lineup for the preseason game is. But I think it's anyone's guess. But I would I would assume that there's going to be a lot of rotation. Maybe some academy kids. Uh, that they're considering signing the first-team contracts, draft picks. And then you might see like Ben Ravino, um, you know Esmir, Nolbok. I, I think guys fighting for minutes, um, I, I, I think you're going to see them for 45 minutes, and you're going to see um, the starters kind of build up their fitness for 45 minutes. I, and I don't know which one's going to be which in terms of starting. So
0: anyway. Right, one thing I will say, and it's not really an important point, but it is – disappointing that all the revs preseason games are against eastern conference teams that they're going to be seeing a bunch this season um i i don't know if they realistically could have gone to california or something and played western conference teams but it would have been nice to see them get some variety in their preseason opponents it's 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 funny when you look back at um the steve nickel years how steve nickel kind of refused to play mls teams because he didn't want to give anything away in preseason very very different approach under bruce arena yeah, well,
1: maybe Nickel was onto something. None of those uh, players would break our goalkeeper's feet in preseason. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, LAFC has really done us dirty uh, with the ITS trade and the Matt Turner injury. Now that I'm thinking about it, we'll I'm, I'm keep an eye on them. They're not on our preseason schedule, are they?
0: Nope, but they are on the regular season schedule for the first time in a while. So,
1: All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on them during the race. It's, it's hard to get away with things during the regular season, uh, but uh, behind closed doors, LAFC, quite shady. Uh, Sam Minton, I don't know why I'm addressing this question But Sam Minton has uh, said uh, Gustavo Bo not being in England yet uh, A big deal similar to how it is a big deal That my Vermont Catamounts defeated the Bryant Bulldogs I'll hang up and listen (laughs) Uh, First off, Sam, they're not your Vermont Catamounts Your sister goes to Vermont You you did not go to Vermont They're not your Vermont Catamounts Second of all, the Bryant University Bulldogs Had a bad game against Vermont last night Look, it's hard to come in and dominate a a conference Right off the bat So, um, you know There's a long time until March. Uh, I have no doubt that the Bryant University Bulldogs uh, will regain their form uh, and and really bring their A-game in the America East tournament, which they did not last night. So uh, it's not a big deal that Bryant lost to Vermont. But in terms of Gustavo Bo uh, not being in New England, Sean, is
0: this a big deal? No, I think you reminded me that I think we reported late last year. And I mean, this doesn't even mean he'll report late. It's a, a nothing, nothing to me until, you know, unless something else comes out of this is the fact that. You know, he took a posted picture on Instagram that appears to not be New England doesn't doesn't mean anything to me.
1: Mm -hmm. So similar to how it's not a big deal that Bryant lost to Vermont, it's also not a big deal that Gustavo Bo is not in New England. I'll also say I I think there's a little more speculation because his contract status is unknown. Um, but I, I think the fact that he's just not in New England, I, it seems like when. Well, I mean, we, we
0: know we know he's signed through this season, so it, it, there's rumors that he could be other teams could be interested in him, and I think we've talked about it before. I'm not going to get into it. I do think it, it could potentially be beneficial for the Revs to move on from him, uh, but I don't read anything into into the fact he's not here yet. I expect I expect him to report for preseason. But that's
1: what I mean. I think racing is interesting in Argentina and there's a lot of thoughts he wants to go home. Um, But I think in general, it seems like when the Rebs are not in season, he's in Argentina with his family. Um, It just seems like that seems to be kind of a a overwhelming theme. So I think he's just spending as much time as he can before he has to report and build up his fitness and start preseason. So I'm not reading too much into it. Now, if the Rebs have started preseason and he's not there, I think then there's a little more, hmm? but uh, you know, same thing happened last year. The revs gave him an extra week vacation essentially before he had to come and report and spend six to eight months in, uh, in the United States. So uh, I'm, I'm not too worried about it at this stage, but we'll see after they report next week. Um, Derek Terrell says the revs have been surprisingly active in the off season this week. Do you think we will see any more signings before the start of the season? He also says, is there any possibility that they would resign Ema Boateng?
0: Yeah, I think we will see more moves and I think, you know, speaking of Boateng, I do think that there's still not a lot of depth on the wings. So unless Bruce is going back to kind of the diamond, um, I think they need to add somebody else in the wings. And you know, I wouldn't say never for Ema Boating, but I, to me, the contract that he was on wasn't that high. And I think the revolution said they didn't pick it up because his salary was too high. Was it, was it my, am, am I remembering that correctly? Something along those lines, because if, if that's the case, I don't see him back. Um, but logically to me, it would, if they're going to play with wingers this year, it would make sense to bring him back because the depth on the wing position still isn't, isn't very good. So, you know, never say never, but the, the way he left and the way that the team kind of implied that is, you know, the price was too high for him, given his salary wasn't particularly that high. It uh, makes me think it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. And just to kind of cover where the revs are roster wise right now, they have 26 players on the roster by my count. uh, They had 23 after they declined the option on ITS and then they've added three players and they lost John Bell uh, and then they added um, three players uh, this week. So right now I have 17 uh, senior roster spots taken and nine supplemental roster spots taken. So I assume Joshua Bulma will, will take up one of those supplemental roster spots. Um, if they want to open up another senior uh, supplemental roster spot and add Victor Souza or Andreas Ulin or promote, promote uh, a Revs 2 player, uh, they'll have to open up another supplemental roster spot. That way, maybe they promote someone to, to uh, the senior team. Maybe they put Maciel on the season-ending injury reserve list, which opens up a roster spot. Um or or they move on from someone, they trade someone, they loan someone like they did with Edward Kizza. Um so so I think in terms of draft picks, the supplemental roster spot side is is I, I could certainly see them adding Bulma and then maybe one other player in Uland or, or Souza if they need the depth. Um, in terms of other moves, there are still three senior roster spots. Uh, there's one international roster spot by my count too, if they put Maciel on season ending, uh, injury reserve list. So they do have some flexibility here. I don't know where the money stands. Um, I would not be shocked if they get one more player brought in. I also wouldn't be shocked if they end up moving someone. Uh, as I said, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do their preseason reporting and they look at some players and maybe some players that, uh, you know, had a role last year, um, don't this year, um, Josie Altidore. What do we do with Josie Altidore? Um, what do we do with uh, Omar Gonzalez? Um, do you buy him out? Are you able to move him? Um, if the answer is yes, I, I think the Revs have some flexibility to add in some more players and and bring in some more depth. So um, the Revs are always looking to add. They have three more senior roster spots. There's no reason why they still shouldn't at least be looking. Uh, so I, I do think that we will see at least one more move. Before the start of the MLS season, um, in terms of Botang, though, I think he covered it well. The Revs use him less and less as the season went on. I think I would be insulted if I was Ema. And Bruce Arena told me that you know you're not ex- you're not extending my option, which was what 250. Hang on, let me see what his, his salary was last year. It was
0: 225, and I can't imagine the option was that much higher than that. <laughs>
1: I mean, even if it was 2 275. That's that's backup money. You know, I, I I I think that's a little insulting, and I imagine he could get more. Out on the free agency market now. Maybe he's testing the free agency market. The market's not there. Maybe his best offer out there is 200, 175, and maybe he does call up Bruce and say, you know, yeah, if the, you know, maybe Bruce did make him a, a contract offer at a lower number and he just turned it down. But um, I, I think there's a non-zero percent chance of Botan coming back. Uh, but I, I wouldn't put it above 15 percent. I mean, 10 percent. Does that sound about right, Sean?
0: Yeah, I think I, I I agree. I think 10 15 percent sounds about right. But uh, I do but I do think he is a kind of a need for the revolution because I do think they don't have enough depth in the wings.
1: <laughs> he would he would fill a role. He doesn't take an international roster spot. They have the senior roster spots. There's really no reason why the revs couldn't bring back Botang. And I think if you asked most fans, they would say, yeah, that's a no brainer. Um, but I I wonder if something happened there and it's just not a fit with the revs anymore. I'm not sure. You could also say that the revs want to use Esmir on the left as a left winger. They want to, you know, gr- just, they don't want to have Boteng battle with Barrero or something to that effect. But I don't know, to me, it's, it's similar to, to, to Nacho Heal. It's a winger on the left side who was pretty effective and you can throw in the last 10 minutes of the game and, and you know, it's instant offense. I don't really understand the, I don't really understand well, the the complaints, but anyway, yeah, uh, I think th- th- we don't
0: understand that just like we don't understand why Bruce used him so little at the, the end of the season.
1: <laughs> um, Derek also says, the Revs account posted, we have had a busy week uh, with links of their, all their announcements followed by a statement. More to come. How do you interpret interpret the statement? I believe, and that was posted a few hours ago, since then they've released their preseason schedule. And I think that tweet also had a soon, and a, it was pointing to a calendar. So I think our speculation yeah. is that is preseason. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, cool. I think so, which is not particularly exciting if there's not any ability to watch the games, which it doesn't look like there's going to be not not a very good announcement if after
1: linking to all the transactions and then but it is what it is i i think they might have normally the the Rev's twitter account and willie likes to hype up an announcement an hour or two before and i think the fact that that tweet's been out there for 3 hours now and the only thing that's come out is the preseason schedule i think that was hinting at the preseason schedule it wasn't wasn't supposed to hint at a transaction but i think some people took it that way so
0: um
1: revolution central said thoughts on v and I think he hit send before finishing that sentence. Uh, so, Sean, thoughts on thee? I,
0: I have no thoughts on D. Okay,
1: sorry, Revolution <laughs> Central. Uh, I was hoping he'd reply back before <laughs> before uh, we recorded this, but uh, I'll be very curious. We'll, we'll we'll answer. We'll give our thoughts on the blank uh, next one when replies <laughs> that tweet. Um, Anime Stoner says, "How's the confidence levels compared to this time last year?"
0: I mean, I think the confidence levels last year were higher because of the season the Revs were coming off of. Um, I think that all of us expected the Revs to make the playoffs last year, um, even if they, you know, based on who they were losing, weren't necessarily going to be as good as the Supporters' Shield uh, all-time best record winners of the year before. Um, but with that said, you know, they've made a couple of uh, good moves this off-season. I think they have a better roster right now than they ended the season with. Um, but I don't think they have a championship caliber roster right now. I think there's too many questions. Uh I think, you know, d- my my thoughts haven't changed where, you know, at the end of last year I think the the big question mark for the revolution is can Giacomo Vrioni be the guy for the revs up top that scores, you know, fifteen plus goals for this team? Um, and if he becomes that guy, then I think the revolution are a, a potentially top of the Eastern Conference uh type team that are you know fighting for one of the top seeds uh if he doesn't become that that guy then it's going to be a long season for the revolution and you know just the, the signings the revs have made this off season have been pretty good uh but that still doesn't kind of change the calculus that i think the the big question mark for the revs this year is can giacomo Vrioni be that striker up top for the revolution uh you know be a kind of a, a lone number nine and, and put the ball in the back of the net a lot more than he did last year
1: yeah, I think the big questions are still the big questions, and I think the Revs have made some good moves this, this week. Uh, I think they have a few more moves left in them, and I, I still think you can improve the roster, but I think overall going into the season – we talked about this, I feel like at the end of the last season too, the big question marks are, can Veroni stay healthy? Is he going to fulfill his potential? Is Barrero going to stay healthy? Can he fulfill his potential? Does Bo stay healthy? Is he a contributor again? Um, th- those are kind of the main questions. And if the answers are no across the board, it's going to be a rough season. So um, my confidence levels as of right now, compared to last year, I was much more confident in last year's team. We were coming off that 2021 season. I think they were one of the favorites to win MLS Cup. They're not MLS Cup favorites this year. Um, I'm more confident in this team than I was two weeks ago. Um, but I'm not. I mean, Sean, what I project them to be, what, sixth, seventh seed in the East, five to seven ish seed in the East. I don't expect them to be contending for the Eastern Conference Championship.
0: Yeah, I I expect them to be a, to intending for one of the the lower playoff seeds this year based on the roster as it stands right now. Yeah, I think and, the, and so which is less than I expected last year at this time. Even even if you could make the case that you know knowing who the revs are about to lose that season, that the roster is in better shape than it was.
1: Mm-hmm. E- even if everything comes together, I think you could still say the revs are not going to be the one seed or the two seed. I, I think you could still say they're you know if Rioni and and Bo and and Barrero stay healthy and Heal is Carlos Gil, um, I you know, and they don't have any major injuries. I still think you could say, yeah, the you know, if everything goes right, three seed, four seed, um, and you know, all those are major ifs. So I think there's a lot of ifs going into the season, which is why my confidence level is not too high. So
0: um, if, if Rioni can be a top scorer in MLS like he was in the Austrian Bundesliga, uh, then the you know the Revolution are capable of great things. But you know, we didn't see enough out of him last year for me to have you know anywhere close to that level of confidence. So I think you know the hope is that he can be maybe you know, a 14, 15 goal scorer. Um, but it, again, like, I, I think the Revs future or the Revs, you know, the, the odds for the revolution this year rely very, very heavily on Rioni being a guy that can put the ball in the back of the net a, a lot and stay healthy. Um, and that to me is just too much of a huge question mark right now.
1: Um, well said. Uh, moving on, Teal Forever says, how many international slots do we have left and was Nacho a worthy use of one of those? I think we touched on this a little bit. The Revs have one international roster spot left right now. They have slots uh, given to Barrero, Bo, Heal, Carlos Heal, Nacho Heal, uh, Georgie Petrovic, uh, and Giacomo Vrioni. Uh, and they also have one going to Maciel. If Maciel's put on the season-ending injury list, which, again, I've speculated. I know nothing about that. But if they do, I know he has a long rehab ahead of him, um, then the Revs get that international roster spot back. That's roster relief when someone goes on the injury re- injury list. So um, the Revs would have two open international roster spots. Uh, but as of right now, it's one. In terms of uh, is Nacho worthy of one of those? I would say yes. Um, I-, I don't think the Revs are going to go out and splurge on big international players. So I think your use of this these last two international roster spots are going to be on. You know, a depth piece isn't a bad use for one if the price is right, um, and, and you know they still have one if they do have a, a big player they want to bring over from Europe or South America or, or wherever. But um, I, I, I don't have any issue with the use of the Nacho uh, Nacho being given an international roster spot. Sean, any disagreement there?
0: No. And the big signings they've well biggest signings they've made so far, you know, Romney and Blessing aren't taking international spots. And you know like I've said before, uh, Gustavo Bo and, and carles heel have been here. You know, about the amount of years where players usually might get a green card. So I, I would not be surprised if in the you know next few months, we hear that one or both of them ends up with a green card and that would open up you know, one or two international spots for the revolution. And then and, and certainly it wouldn't look bad that not your is taking up one.
1: I should know this because we just talked at our super draft uh, podcast last month. I be- Bulma might take up one, I believe.
0: That's a, that's a good question that I don't have the answer to off okay. the top I'll, of my I'll, head. I, was, I know I, I looked into that um, when they first when they first drafted him and I can't remember. What the uh,
1: I, I'm going to look was. into it while I ask you the next question, but uh, Teal Forever's next question. What percentage chance would give the following state? Uh, would you give the following statement? Bo will be a rev in October, 2023. So throughout this whole entire season.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, it's, in my, my thoughts. And if he starts the season on the revs and that number is probably, you know, 85, 90%. It's, I think if he's going to leave the revolution, it's going to be uh, in the next couple of months. Um, but if I had to kind of handicap it right now, I'd say sixty-five percent chance he's on the revs at the end of the season, and yeah. then we we'll, won't be here next year.
1: I would, yeah. I, well, what percentage chance are we giving him that he's going to be a, a member of the revolution next year? I don't know if he has a team option. Give me one second. I don't like, think
0: uh, he does. I, I would say the chances of him being on the revolution in twenty twenty four are you know ten percent. And maybe that's high, but I think the chances of him being here in October, are, you know, more like 60, 65%. But again, I think if he leaves the revolutionist in the next two months, I, I think if he's, if you know, if he starts the season with the Revs, I expect that I'll probably be here through the end of the season.
1: Yeah. It doesn't look like he has a extension option. So I would put really a, a chance of him being resigned around zero, uh, maybe five ish percent. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it does. It, the press release does not mention a team option. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean anything, as we learned from Latif Blessing. But uh, I, I can't imagine he's going to stay with the Revs beyond this season. It seems like he wants to go back to Argentina and finish ca- his career there. Uh, in, in terms of this season, I think he put it around 65%. I'd put it around there. Um, I, I think the the only way he leaves early is if there is a this season is going sideways, and the Revs are just trying to offload some money. And you know, <laughs> I, I could certainly see a scenario where the Revs. Injuries occur, and Gustavo Bo kind of is on a bit of a hot streak, and you know, they let him go on a free transfer or something to that effect where they're able to get a very small transfer fee for him or something like that. Um, maybe something like that happens, but the revs truthfully aren't going to get any transfer fee from him at this stage. Uh, so I I think the only way he leaves is if the revs see more value in letting him go than having him on the roster. And when he's healthy, he's still productive. So I I just don't think it makes sense for Bruce just to let him go and ride off into sunset and get nothing in return just yet. Um, So I I think they're going to let this season play out a little bit uh, before they let him go.
0: See, I, I do think it would make sense for the revolution if they had an opportunity to let him go, um, without, you know, without having use a buyout or something for them to do so, even if they're getting nothing in return, because I do think that that designated player spot could be used better elsewhere. Um, but I don't think the revolution think that way or Boost thinks that way. So I don't necessarily expect that to happen unless the revolution were to get something in return. But, um, <laughs> again, not to, to kind of hammer a point, I've been saying over and over again, if, if Rioni is healthy and in form, then I don't think Gustavo Beaux, uh is going to see enough playing time to justify his designated player spot because I, I really, at his age, don't love seeing him as a winger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I guess it also depends on if they have another designated player ready to go. If they, right. they don't have anyone, there's less motivation. Yeah. Um, Jake Cadney's tinfoil hat Jake is becoming insufferable about the ITS blessing trade situation. Can you talk some sense into him? I'll hang up and listen. Here is Jake's tweet. Uh, He says clearly this is MLS and also it it should be pointed out that he says uh, uh, tinfoil hat cynical me thinks uh, clearly this is MLS realizing that the ITS trade went bad and forced LAFC into a comparable offer to complete the deal. So um, do you buy this theory that maybe MLS helped move this uh, over the finish line to settle the ITS uh, grievance?
0: I, I don't. I think that this is a fair price for blessing, given what we know, given that he you know, had fallen out of favor with LAFC and given that it's apparently asked to be traded um, and given that he probably has one year left in his contract and um, is eligible for MLS free agency after that or could potentially consider going to Europe. So I, I think it's a fair price that the revolution paid for him even, even at the same time as saying, I think it was a good deal for the revs. I think it's also a fair price that the revolution paid for him. Um, and, you know, like we discussed earlier, it worked out for everybody that the revs could kind of quietly drop, drop their, their claim about ITS, but I don't think the, the league got involved there because, it, it, you know, if they did, the revolution should have had a, had a cheaper price for him.
1: Yeah. I, I think this, and when you consider LAFC was trying to unload an, an asset that they didn't really need anymore. I think the price makes a lot of sense. Maybe, 50k in gam or 100k in gam was taken off or something to that effect maybe the incentives aren't as high um, but i feel like that negotiation will be between the teams uh, and the league probably has nothing to do with that but who knows mls has done a lot of shady stuff there's not a lot of transparency yada 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 who knows um bobby reverton says considering the speed we have on the wing the wings do you think arena considers three at the back and maybe two forwards uh so like a three four one two uh sean what are your thoughts
0: um I don't really see it I still don't think the revolution have you know quite the defensive depth you'd want to see for them to pull that off and I also think when you do that then it probably means you know where is barrero playing um I don't see barrero playing as as a wing back um and you know if you do play on that then you're probably benching one of one of Bayer Jones I still think this is a team that's set up to play a four-man back line um you know maybe we see that in games where the revolution are trailing and they're you know trying to come back that wouldn't surprise me I think Bruce might have done that once or twice anyways, um, but I, I don't foresee that he's going to switch to a three-man back line or, you know, a five-man back line if you want to look at it as kind of three defenders and two wing backs.
1: Uh, uh, Andy from Revs Nation also, Nation also says, any chance the Revs try a three-slash-five-man back line, Farrell, Kessler, and, and Romney with Jones and by slash bulma as wing backs? Um, I think you answered that. Pretty correctly, maybe towards the end of games, uh, we see Bruce kind of throw his shape off and throw in a fifth defender um, to close out a game. We saw that a little bit last year with Omar Gonzalez being the fifth man in the back line. That was not great. Usually did not work out. Um, But I think that you have more forwards and midfielders that you have to try to figure out and piece together. than you have defenders that you need to piece together. Uh, And I think the bigger questions are going to be, how do you get Barrera and Bo and Vrioni and Carlos heel and Nacho heel and Latif blessing and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Noel Buck, if you want to get Noel Buck more minutes, Um, I I just think there's a lot more pieces. You got to rotate in the attacking side of the field than in the defensive side. Um, And also I, I think depth is a problem too. So I don't think you can go with a three man, we a five-man back line too much because if Kessler gets hurt, you know, who, who's stepping up in that three-man back line? So then are you changing your formation if there's one center back that goes down? So there's a lot more questions there. So I think they're sticking with the four-man back line.
0: Yeah. And I, I just look at what happened last year where, you know, Andrew Farrell missed that key game in Mexico in the CONCACAF Champions League because Bruce Arena, you know, kind of rested everybody for the game before except Andrew Farrell. And then Andrew Farrell ended up getting hurt. I don't know whether it was actually in that game or in, you know, the practice before but it seemed like kind of an overuse situation and i think you know adding romney means the revolution shouldn't have to do that this year that they should be able to rest guys pretty regularly in the center back pairing um and if you start playing all three of them then i think you're in a much more difficult situation because that means you know if you're going to rest somebody that omar gonzalez uh and McCoon are coming in and i i don't know it just seems like the revolution's roster is still to me not really set up to play that way Mm hmm. Uh,
1: final question here from Alex Dolan. Will you be joining us in D.C. for the All-Star game? And Sean, I don't know if you know this, but the Bent Musket guys are planning a road trip uh, to Washington, DC, D.C. for the All-Star game. Uh, are
0: we going? I don't know. It sounds like fun, though. <laughs> Have it to think like fun. about it. Have to think about it.
1: <laughs> uh, full disclosure, um, I know I've talked about how busy I've been this past year. I really have not making any plans right now for the foreseeable future because my daughter was born last month. So, uh, hashtag announce Greg Johnstone Jr. Uh, I know it's a weird name for a girl, but uh, we went with it. Uh, but yeah, just uh, on a on a personal front, uh, I guess I should reveal that I am now a dad, uh, and I am very busy and very tired, uh, and I probably cannot commit to things in 2023. But if I can go, I will go. Uh, and if any Revs fans go down to the All Star Game, uh, let us know and uh, you can share a bank with, uh, drink with me uh, and Sam Minton and uh, uh, Alex Dolan uh, and, and Seth. I believe Seth is going too. So, uh, yeah, let's all grab beer in D.C. Uh, if I can go.
0: Well, you're, you're lucky that you're slightly closer to D.C. than the rest of us.
1: <laughs> it'll be it'll be a shorter trip. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a, a two hour drive. Uh, it's less of a commitment. That might be the uh, difference in whether or not I can go. I don't think I could go to this uh, if it was in Orlando. So... Um, I don't see, I know someone tweeted out if Bulma is an international player, and I feel like I've said this, uh, I believe he takes an international roster spot. I feel like I saw that somewhere, but I cannot follow up on it right now.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember I was trying to figure out why he wouldn't when they when they signed him, and I, I oh, never was able to figure that out. Here we go. But Sam
1: Minton, the team spokesperson confirmed to me that uh, Bola would take up an international roster spot while Andreas Uland would not. So that's huh. your, I, I was getting them mixed up. I knew one of them took up an international roster spot. So if you sign Bulma, then you, you in theory, have used up all eight of your international roster spots. Um, so I think that is, maybe it brings into questioning a little bit more about using your final two international roster spots on a draft pick and, and Nacho Heel. But uh, ultimately, I again, unless you have a big name player from across the pond coming in, um, I'm not sure it's two well, of and,
0: and Bulma's Generation Adidas, right? So he's already signed.
1: Uh, Yeah oh, you just kind of blew my mind there. So I guess yeah. the revs have, oh, well, now I got to go back to my roster. Hang on a second. Damn. So yeah, so he probably fills that last supplemental roster spot. You're right. That blew my mind. I forgot about that. It's been so long since we've had a, a draft pick where we, we've uh, selected a, a Generation Adidas player. That's still the rule, right?
0: Yeah, so unless unless your theory about Maciel comes to fruition, then I think the revs don't currently have any international spots, and of course, pending a couple of the guys that have been here for a long time getting green cards.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so teal forever. I changed my answer. I, I don't think the revs have any international roster spots left, um, and I'm I'm now questioning that Nacho heel signing a little bit more, but also I I still think you can put Not, uh, Maciel on the injury reserve list um, and save one. Which, as I say, I think he's out boy, I, I think he's out of full season. I, I don't know if he's going to return at all this season. If he does, I can't imagine he's that impactful. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's a move that's made. Again, I have no uh, inside knowledge of that. That's just speculation. But if I was running the revolution, uh, that's what I would do. I'd give him a year of rehab, give him a year off, and save that interna- uh, international roster spot and open up a supplemental roster spot in case you wanted to uh, sign Uland or, or sign Jack P. That's where I'd go. <laughs> This is going to be a real test to see who listens to the end of the podcast, because someone is going to tweet out tomorrow, <laughs> I was listening to Revolution Recap, and we have one international roster spot left. And and that this is a real test. If you see anyone tweet that out, you got to say, you need to listen to the whole thing. Don't even don't even correct them. Just say, listen to the end, buddy.
0: Well, Greg and I are also both players of Football Manager, and if you play as a Rev and Football Manager in one of the recent editions, Gustavo Bo and Carlos, he'll always get green cards by this season, so you just fingers crossed that that happens right
1: <laughs> someone someone did ask what's the process like why is it taking so long and I don't know anything about that that process but yeah it's been what four or five years I mean I can't imagine it takes that long
0: Luis Casado but, got one in less time than that
1: yeah I mean it must be from the players side right
0: yeah and I don't know if the you know the fact that Gustavo Boas goes back to Argentina in the offseason and you know if that impacts it I, I don't know I don't know what it's a complicated process um, I I but, wonder if covid impacted
1: things. I mean now we're just getting into complete, you know, speculation, <laughs> yeah. but I just know immigration laws changed a lot in 2020 with covid and so I wonder if if that has stalled out the process and maybe um you know athletes go to the bottom of the 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 priority list or something to that effect, but um yeah, really weird that it's, it's 5 years did, in. My now-
0: my I I based too much on the fact that Luis Caicedo got his in March of 2021 in the middle of covid and was here for less time than they've been here, but
1: <laughs> I, I I don't know. These are all good questions that I should speak to an immigration lawyer about, and I personally do not know. So, Sean, anything you want to talk about before we wrap up here today?
0: No, just the one thing we didn't get to is, I guess, which players, which spots are still needs for the revolution um, based on who they've signed so far. And and to me, there's, there's still... Um, three or four. And I mentioned wingers. I don't think there's enough depth there. Uh, I still don't think there's a defensive midfield replacement for Matt Polster if he gets hurt, especially if Masiala is out all or most of the season. Um, I don't think Blessing or McNamara are guys that can fill that kind of number six spot, um, at least not long-term. And I don't think we have a right back. A replacement if anything happens to brandon by i don't like the idea of moving andrew Farrell out there for you know more than a, a spot start if you're in trouble so um those are serious depth issues for me for my my opinion for the revolution uh still going into the season and things that i'd like to see them address mm-hmm.
1: yeah agree agree 100 percent Uh, The only thing I'm going to mention is right now, Sam Minton of the Bent Musket did an article interviewing uh, Sean O'Hearn, former Revs 2 defender who signed with Knoxville of USL League 1. It's a good little interview uh, with uh, Sean about his time with Revs 2 and why he's made the decision to move to Knoxville. I think it got lost uh, in this week of crazy news uh, with all these transactions. It was a very different team uh, three or four days ago when when, uh, Seth and I recorded the debate episodes. uh, And, uh, yeah. So uh, Sam did a nice little piece on Sean O'Hearn that I don't think got as much traffic because there's a lot more to talk about right now. But um, also shout out to our friends at the Bent Musket. Go follow them at the Bent Musket on Twitter and www.thebentmusket.com. Uh Seth breaking Seth Macomer broke the the uh, Dave Romney trade news. Uh, he broke another piece of news too that I'm already forgetting about. Uh, and then Sam had a very good um, oh he he broke the news that uh, the ITS grievance was dropped as part of the Latif blessing trade, uh, and and had had a very good interview with Sean O'Hearn. So, really, really solid week from the Bent Musket. Uh, just wanted to give them a shout out and support your uh, independent uh, revs coverage. Um, yeah, of the team, I, I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired, Sean. Um, oh, also one more thing. I have a real uh, – I have a grievance with the listeners of the show because every now and then I slip in a really good reference and one or two people will like tweet at me or send me a DM and say that reference made me laugh. And we were talking uh, during the Super Draft episode about reaching out to coaches and uh, calling up you know, people you know in the industry and whatever. And I dropped a really, really sick reference of um, Kevin Cosner calling up the coach of the Wisconsin football team to figure out why no one went to Bo Callahan's birthday party. And that is clearly a reference from Draft Day, one of the greatest bad movies ever made. And not a single person said greg sick reference uh i thought i was going to get so many people saying i i can't believe you worked in a draft day reference into a podcast about the new england revolution but you did uh good for you and not a single people it's not a, not a single person uh mentioned it to me in the past couple of weeks so uh just really upset with uh, all of the listeners and your homework is to go watch draft day starring kevin costner
0: you know, i gotta admit i heard that reference and I you were referring to something and i didn't get it
1: well you, yeah, you <laughs> i talked to you all the time
0: <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> that does it here on Revolution Recap for this week. Uh thank you to our sponsor glasso Kits. Make sure you go check them out at Galasso Kits uh and at galassokits.com. Remember to save 15% by using promo code revs recap. I'm really shook now, Sean. I'm really shook. <laughs> um this was a this was a off the wall episode here. Um Really, the Bulma news is what blew what what blew my mind here. Uh, that was that threw me off entirely. I completely forgot generation Adidas players are automatically signed. So you've thrown me off my game here. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Revolution Recap. You can also follow our Revolution Recap Instagram and Facebook pages. And if you have not already, please give us a five star rating and review on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you are listening or all of those platforms. We appreciate all of the platform reviews. So uh, if you haven't done all of them, just go through your phone, just five-star review on every platform you can find. Uh, if you'd like to support us further, uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash revolution recap. We will be back when more revs news drops, or we will have another debate episode next week. Oh, by the way, Seth won the debate. People voted, people voted for Seth. Not happy about that either. Been Sorry, long. Greg, uh, but we'll have another one. Uh, next one is going to be, I believe Seth and Tanner, uh, and they are going to be debating whether or not the Revs championship window is closing. So that'll be coming out some point in the next week. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, until then, thank you everyone for listening and go, Revs.